Hey guys, it's Autisode time. I hope you guys are enjoying these extra episodes that we're trying to get up for you. We've got some really cool friends and we wanted to tell you more about them. So sit back, chillax, and enjoy this new Autisode. Guys, welcome to another Autisode. I have someone I consider a friend. I met her years and years and years ago at a comic convention. One of the most amazing, passionate women I have met in my life. I have Ann Wheaton with me, and we're going to find out a little bit about her her book, and then we're going to get into all the things paranormal. So Ann, tell them a little bit about Piggy and Pug for me. Okay. Um, so Piggy and Pug is a children's book that I wrote um, about two years ago, and it's the book that little kid me would have wanted um, and it's based off of, so the pug character is based off of an orange tabby cat that followed me home when I was five. And we found mm-hmm. out that he, he was literally out looking for a new family and we became that for him. And so as a little kid, I, all I thought about was, wow, this cat like took himself out on an, an adventure to find a new family because that's what he was used to. And so the book is uh, based off of that. The age range for reading comprehension is like five to eight, but I made the book the way I would have wanted when I was little because I am such a visual person. So there's a ton of illustrations. It almost almost kind of borders on like a graphic novel the way it looks. And oh, fun. Um, yeah, so there's a ton of illustrations. So little kids that are like three and four that don't quite understand the text, they will understand the story because they're looking at illustrations. And then there's enough text. So as kids are learning to read, there is enough of a challenge that they can grow with the book because like picture books when I was little was just one picture and one line of text. Right. And I hated that because as soon as I learned how to read, I felt like I outgrew the book. Yeah. So it is available in like 55 independent bookstores. It's on Amazon. But one thing that we are, that I'm doing right now is I am making it available as a downloadable ebook um, for free because for kids, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm doing it for free because uh, we all have some time at home right now. And um, yes, ma'am. And it's cool. Yeah, I'm doing this with the distribution company I've been working with, with, which is Dart Frog. And there's a link to it to get the free download on my Instagram, which is just Ann Wheaton, A-N-N-E-W-H-E-A-T-O-N. And it's also on Piggy and Pug on Facebook. And I do have a Piggy and Pug Instagram. So the links for on Instagram are in the my main profile because... That's the only way you can post links. But also right. I had, I've had some teachers and parents ask me to record reading it. So on my Instagram, I do, I have an IGTV video and I'm reading the book and showing the illustrations. And that's when it would be cool. Also, if someone were to download the ebook so you can follow along. I mean, I show you the illustrations in the video, but you can see them way better if you if you download the uh, file and it's for like iPhones and iPads, it's not a Kindle file because that formats differently with all the illustrations. But gotcha. um, yeah, it's a book that makes me really happy and um, 
you have it. I know that I gave you one for, for a little one in your family. Absolutely. My grandson is right in that three to four year um, age group and he loves it. So thank you so much for doing that and for reading it for the kids. I think that's so neat that so many people are doing that right now. And it's even neater that the author is reading this one. So thank you for that. Yes. (laughs) So, okay, we've got Piggy and Pug, which there's no paranormal in that story, sadly. But girl, I hear your husband told me you got stories. So we are here for these stories. stories. Um, (laughs) So um, I understand you lived in a home that was haunted. You know, um, I did, but it's what, what's funny is when I hear the word haunted, my first thought is like being terrorized by a ghost or whatever and being scared and weird, weird stuff happening. And, um, I'm sure that that's not the case for everyone, but that's just what I think when I hear that word. Right. Um, but it is, it's a house, Will and I. It's our first house we got together um, in Los Angeles. We bought it from, this is like, I don't know, 20 something years ago. And we bought it from, well, there was, so we went to look at the, there was a man there and then an old woman there. And the man was probably in his fifties and the woman was in her eighties. And I guess it was his childhood home and that was his mom and his dad had passed away. And so she had a hard time getting around. So they just kind of hung out in the backyard while we looked at the house and and we thought it was great. And um, they accepted our offer and we bought it. And this didn't happen immediately. It was, well, no, I guess it was fairly, it was probably a few months before this happened where, um, Will and I had moved in and there were times where I'd see something out of the corner of my eye. Like I felt like there was a man there, an old man walking around. There were times where I would feel it and I would see Will turn and look over there because he saw something also. And like it went on for several weeks where I was like, am I losing my marbles that I feel like something's here, but I didn't feel scared. I just was like, what is that? And then um, it was a weird thing. Like when you walked into the house through our front door, we had a little entryway and then you walk through the entryway and you go to the left and it goes through a living room and then the bedrooms were at the hallway there. And then if you go to the right, it was our dining room. And then beyond that was a family room. And then the kitchen was to the immediate right when you walk in the door. And so this thing, we would not see all over the house. We would only see it basically through the living room and through the dining room, like only in the main, in the middle part. And I would see it at our, our bedroom doorway. And, and it was just, um, I felt, I kept feeling like it was a person and then I'd look and there was nothing there. And then it started to be a thing where like, so we were getting, we were still getting mail for the old couple. Um, the woman, her name was Claire and the, um, the husband who we found out when, right when we bought the house, um, he had passed away like five years prior 
um, not in the house, but down at the end of the street, there's a, a three-way stop sign and he was driving and I guess he had a heart attack as he had pulled up to the stop sign and he passed away. And so the guy who was, it was, he was with his mom, his mom's Claire, and he was going to have her move in with him. And so that's why they were selling the house because his dad had passed away. Mom's getting older, whatever. So we would still get mail for Claire and Winston. And I was like, I love those names. I know. Isn't it great? It's like such, such an old people's perfect couple name. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we, I was like, I'm seeing like, I feel like I'm seeing an old man. And, and Will was like, yeah, like I, it, it didn't happen every day. Like sometimes few, like maybe a week or two would go by and I would just sort of like feel him in the room. And so I started addressing him as Winston and Aww. I realized he was walking through. I felt like he was walking through the house looking for Claire. And Aww. so I started saying, Claire's not here, Winston. And then I wouldn't feel him there anymore. And <gasps> I love like, that. <laughs> I know it's so, it's so weird. And I'm not some sort of like, uh, you know, like everything's haunted. There's ghosts everywhere, whatever. It, it, the thing that's funny about this is it's not just us. I had a friend over who experienced this also. So there were times like, Beyond our dining room was this little family room and we had our TV and stuff in there. And I never felt his presence when my kids were running around and whatever. And I, I've never even asked the kids if they saw him because I feel like they were young and I didn't want to freak them out to be like, hey, you guys see that old man ghost walking through your house? So I, um, I, I've never asked them and they're, you know, they're adults now. I probably, I probably should ask them to see if they ever experienced it, but there were times, you know, the kids, I was uh, divorced from their dad for several years before I met Will. And so the kids would go to their dads every weekend when they were little. And there'd be times where like the kids were out of the house. Sometimes, you know, Will was out and it would just be me. And I'd just be laying on the floor watching TV and I would feel that he was walking through the dining room, looking into the family room. And I would just say, Claire's not here, Winston. And he'd go away. And same thing with our bedroom door. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night because I just felt that someone was there and I would sit up and look over at the door. And it, this, it wasn't like a one-time thing and there weren't noises. There weren't like bizarre, you know, drawers opening, whatever. It was just that I felt him there. And then I asked Will what Winston looked like to him. And he described him the same way I see him, which was that he had this like button up plaid shirt on with a collar and like a, like a Mr. Rogers style um, khaki green cardigan and, um, you know, just sort of baggy trousers, tan trousers, whatever. And, uh, and I was like, oh my God, that's what I'm seeing too. I'm covered in goosebumps. Right I know. Now. And how weird that we're seeing it. We're both seeing it. And, and we rarely saw him or felt him, I guess, because it was a thing where then you go look and he wasn't there, but it's like you would 
catch it out of the corner of your eye. So you would see that tiny thing to know that it was like an old man that was probably around 5'8", five, 5'9", five, hardly any hair, kind of shuffling along, clearly looking for his wife, Claire. Oh. And one night I had a friend over and we were sitting at the dining room table. We were addressing envelopes for, uh, for invitations. And she and I are, it's an oval table, but I was on the end and she was next to me. And that space between the dining room and the family room where he would always go right through there. We're both just sitting there writing and we don't say anything. And we both look over at the same time at that spot. And my friend said, what, what was that? And I said, that's Winston. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> And I just said, Winston, Claire's not here. And she's like, what are you talking about? So I told her the whole story. And she's like, oh, my God, that is so weird. But I said, but see, like you felt him here, too. It's not just me. And Will feels him also. And this went on for, um, I want to say, three or maybe four years. And the whole time we were still, I mean, we wouldn't get all of their mail, but we would get like advertising mail for for both Winston and Claire. There was one day, it was probably four years into it, one day where I just didn't feel him there anymore. Oh. And Will and I were in the kitchen and I said, do you feel like Winston's not here? And he was like, yeah, I, like the house feel, it feels different. Like it never felt creepy and scary. I It felt like there was just this sadness that was coming through looking for Claire. And yeah, I said, I wonder if, I wonder if something happened. And a week later, we started getting advertising mail for specifically for Claire for funeral homes and like funeral services. And I wonder if she passed away because then he was gone. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, Winston finally gets Claire. I have goosebumps. I haven't talked about this in so long. Oh my God, it's a beautiful story. I know. I, yeah. And it was just this weird thing where we had accepted he was there and he was looking for her. So we would just have to let her know Claire's not here. And I can't remember his son's name. I think at one point I tried to say she was with him, but you know, his, their son was in his fifties. I don't, I mean, I guess obviously he didn't live in the house, but maybe he was looking for her over there. I have no idea. And we never kept in contact with her son to find out, like, does your dad visit over here? Yeah. Did, did your mom die? Like, we never found out for sure, but but it ended. And a week later, we started getting mail for her for funeral services. And then and then we didn't get mail for either I one really of them like anymore. I think he got Claire back. Yeah. I just think that it was, it just was like sad because it's the only, they bought the house. The house was built in 49 and they were the original owners. So they were the only people that had lived there before us. And it was sweet when we bought the house that his son showed us that like they poured the concrete for the back patio and he and his sister had written their initials in the concrete and stuff. And I feel like it's the only it's the only home Winston ever knew with her, so he just was yes. only looking for her there. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's got a like 
paranormal happy ending to it. I'm going to I'm going to think that he's with Claire now and that's why it just was so abrupt like that. Yeah, I think so. It just all of a sudden like felt lighter in the house like he wasn't there. There was just this little looming thing of sadness every time we felt him and it was gone. And I think that he finally got to be with Claire. Good. Well, I'm glad it wasn't scary for you first and foremost. And I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about with the the feelings. I call them my vibes, if that makes any sense, because we do ghost hunt. That's Mm -hmm. a hobby of mine. I know it's ridiculous. I go out looking for this thing, but it's, it's literally, I mean, you can, from a vibe, you can get a vibe of whether it's male or female sometimes, whether it's older or younger. So it's, it's, you're not crazy. Will's not crazy. So, um, but apparently you've got the vibes. <laughs> and my friend, and my friend that saw him, like, yes. yeah, I mean, we all saw him. That's amazing. So my obsession, yeah. aside from ghost hunting and all this, is is Bigfoot. He's my homie. <laughs> I understand why he hides from people because people can be very, very scary. Um, but you used to look for Bigfoot, and I want to hear more about that. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's funny, like, for so long, I was... I was just like, yeah, he's real. I li- I grew up actually. I lived in, um, I moved to Oregon from Arizona when with my family when I was seven, and so uh, we lived um, just outside of Portland in a in a, a city called West Lynn. I lived along the Willamette River, and we were not too far from Mount Hood, and we would you know very close to the Washington border, and then. You know, as a kid, just there were shows about Bigfoot sightings and there were like little comic books and um, like little books for kids and brochures. It was the 70s, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Bigfoot was, he was just <laughs> at going bananas up in the Pacific Northwest. And so um, my brother and I, like, we never saw him but we wanted to see him in a weird way where you want to see, but you don't because you're scared. Cause then what are you going to do when you actually see him? Because it changes all the time. That's what, like ghost, that's what ghost hunting's like. Yeah. So it changes all the time. Like, is he just some six foot guy? Is he eight feet tall? And he looks like half man, half, half gorilla. Like not, it, the story's always changed, you know? And then there were, of course, the um, people who did impressions of his footprint that they saw out in the forest and whatever. So my parents, <laughs> my parents would take us camping all the time. Um, of course, I never saw Bigfoot if we were like camping at the beach, but we would go up to Mount Hood. So any, it was anytime we were in foresty areas, my brother and I were just convinced that Bigfoot was out there. And I can, I guess also because it's the seventies man that my parents would just let us go wander while they set up our campsite. And I was like, which is crazy. Like we were like eight and 10 and it was like, go have a good time. And one time, and I I cannot, I think of this now (laughs) and I cannot believe how stupid we were, but we didn't know we were little kids. So we're out hiking around. Like I cannot even see our campground. I don't know how far away we are. We're up in Mount hood and we're walking along in these huge trees and we hear something and we're just like, and I am genuinely like break out in a sweat, terrifying. And I'm just 
claws into my brother's forearm, terrified. And he, all of 10 years old, is going to be the big, brave person that protects me from Bigfoot. And we hear something and we're like hiding behind trees and it's quiet for a minute. And then we hear like sticks crunching on the ground. And I, we're both just like, oh my God. It's, it's Bigfoot. And this is it. Yeah. And so we are walking around and we hear the sound going away. So we're trying to find it. Granted, this is, my parents have no idea where we are, just up in the forest walking around somewhere, which is crazy because also, like, it's not just about Bigfoot, just like, aren't there, like, the 70s, there was full of freaking serial killers out there. Uh, you never know what's out there. Ted Bundy was out there. That's so crazy to me. So, um, so we're walking along. No wonder we're all overprotective now. I know, but it also explains why I'm so obsessed with these true crime Netflix mini documentaries that are all about these serial killers of the seventies. I can't get enough of them. Girl. They're so good. Same. So anyway, so my brother and I are like sneaking along because we hear the sound going away from us. We're sneaking along and we catch up to, we come around like behind this big, huge pine tree and we catch up to the biggest elk. Oh, and if you have ever been or like, you know, like Yellowstone, huge moose and elk and all that, especially during mating season, they are incredibly aggressive and they don't care. They, oh they don't care who you are, what size you are, if they are feeling threatened, they'll run after you. Oh, shit. <laughs> so so we, we are sneaking up on this thing, and I see it has its huge antlers, and it looks at us. And it, I mean, I don't know if it's because I was eight. Like, I feel like elk in general are very big. Like, they're, they're not moose big, but they're way bigger than um, deer. Okay. And so this thing is just like, it's walking along, it's eating. And then it looks back at us and I'm just hiding behind my brother and it is making direct eye contact with us. And we, and then it starts to walk and we start to follow it. (laughs) And it looks back at us. And then I get so scared. And I was like, I was convinced that that elk was put out there by Bigfoot to lure us into wherever Bigfoot was. And so I was like, I'm not seeing it. And I took off running and my brother is running behind me and he's just saying, don't run. It's going to come after us. And it never did. I think we probably startled the elk and it took off in the other direction, but we went running back and my parents, like we looked terrified and my parents are just like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) They didn't even, it didn't even phase them that like, of course they probably did. I doubt they believed in Bigfoot, but the fact that their little kids were out there face to face with wildlife and they're just like, Hey, what are you guys doing? I love crazy. I actually recently I was at at a convention and I came across like a 1970s. I think it was made by, I can't, I'm looking at, it was made by KTEL. It was Bigfoot snowshoes. So you could put them under your feet and like slide your feet in it and walk around in the snow and leave Bigfoot tracks everywhere. I also think that Bigfoot was on like, no, are you kidding? I will send you a photo. They are amazing. Um, but I mean, he was even on like the $6 million man when we were kids. I mean, there's, there's 
absolutely every reason we should all be obsessed with it. Did they also do, I feel like he was on like some sort of Unsolved Mysteries episode. Probably. (laughs) I'm sure of it. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm sure that there was some sort of, um, I I just can't remember, but I know I watched TV shows that were all about tracking him. So I don't know who was doing it, but obviously if someone made shoes you could put on to then create his footprints, <laughs> it's one giant scam in my childhood. It's all a facade. <laughs> it was lies, all lies. Oh my gosh. And this was so fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, go ahead and tell everybody how they can follow you on socials again. Okay. Well, um, I'm at Ann Wheaton on Twitter, which I can't believe I'm still on. That place is oh, terrible. But you know what? There's a lot of really cute uh, pet photos and videos, <laughs> and I live for that. I live for the dodo videos, those sweet little videos of like saving animals and people helping out and stuff. I love that stuff. So Twitter and Instagram is just Ann, at Ann Wheaton. Um, I do have a blog that I haven't written on in a while, just with too much stuff going on, but that's just annweaton.com. And I don't have a public Facebook, but you know, I do go to conventions because that's how you and I met, but uh, we, we have some lined up for later in the year. And you and I are so getting a photo together and I'm going to bring my Bigfoot shoes the next show you're at. It's going to happen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That'll be great. Okay, darling. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with me. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself and uh, your pets and the family and uh, be safe and healthy, girl. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I will see you soon. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma, your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy 
at oddityfiles.com. When you have a sec, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear. Go. Get. Serious. I'm out of here.